Welcome into Honorado and Bagnardi. Chris Honorado, Sean Bagnardi. A ton of news to get to, obviously, in the NFL. What a week it has been with a little bit of a quarterback shuffle. There's more bad news from Major League Baseball. Not surprising there at all as more games have been canceled. Bags and I will talk about how they actually get a deal done and what the sticking point now currently is. And our guest this week, Zach By from Denver, to talk about how the Russell Wilson trade, which I think is really a bigger deal than the Aaron Rodgers stuff, as much as I'm obsessed with that. Wilson changing teams is what really I think a lot of people want to talk about more than Rodgers returning to Green Bay. So we'll talk with Zach By, Sports Talk Radio host, 104.3 The Fan in Denver, coming up on today's show. What's up, Shawnee? Yeah, last week I said Aaron Rodgers would be out of Green Bay and that baseball would have a deal done by now. Why does anybody listen to me? Uh I don't know. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> we, of course, have the Louisiana Fast Minute brought to you by Popeyes coming up on today's show as well. We are in March Madness, and you know it because of all the upsets that are happening in conference tournaments around America. We are one week away from the true start to the NCAA tournament. Let's get it going here on Honorado and Bagnardi. This is Honorado and Bagnardi, brought to you by Alpen House. All right, if you uh, are not familiar with Zach Bai, who is our guest on today's show, uh, you want to stick around for him. You, you watch 30 seconds of him, you will be glued to your screen because of his energy and passion towards what he does. So hang out, he's coming up in about a half hour here on Honorado and Bagnardi. Baseball news to get to, of course, as well as more games are canceled. That's coming up in about 10 or 15. But, Shawnee, we start with, of course, the news of the week that everybody wants to talk about, and that is the quarterback movement or return, however you want to term it, with Rodgers, Wilson, and now Carson Wentz, the move coming on uh, or the news coming on Wednesday of, of Wentz being traded. What of the three is the biggest storyline for you? Aaron Rodgers staying. And as odd as that may sound, look, it's easy to say Russell Wilson, right? Because you do have a Hall of Fame quarterback on the move, still has a lot of game left in him, and now he goes to a division that's stacked with quarterbacks, and and things get very interesting there. But Aaron Rodgers is the MVP. Hmm. And it's less exciting, I guess, to talk about a guy staying put than it is to talk about a guy in move. But this one surprised me because I, I told you I thought he was out and now he is, in fact, staying. I think Rodgers, look, I, I do have to give him a little bit of respect here because he said he was going to get this done in time for them to make the decision about the franchise tag. And he did not drag this out like I would have expected him to. So I guess kudos to him for doing the right thing there. Um but he, he's the MVP. He's going back to his team. I, I think Aaron Rodgers is a selfish guy. Talked about that on this show a lot. Yep. I think his personal legacy is important to him. So when he sat back and assessed everything, I believe he said, what gives me the best chance to win? Because ultimately, 
winning is going to be what's most important to my legacy. He looked at the league and said, yeah, I think going back to Green Bay. I mean, this is a team that could have easily been in the Super Bowl this year. And look, that number on the bottom is certainly one that you circle. That's a big drought. 16 straight playoff games without getting to the Super Bowl. But he's always in the playoffs. He's always got a shot. And when you look at the league, you look at the NFC, I think he said, yeah, we had a good team. Let's run it back. This is my best chance to add to my legacy. And now he'll be back in a Green Bay uniform. I'm curious on your take on this one, man, because he is your guy. Yeah, of course he is. I mean, how could he not be? Um, this is to me, though, I, I said it at the beginning of the show. I think the Russell Wilson news is the bigger news, and that's fine. But we're on Rodgers now, so let's talk about Rodgers and we can pivot to the trade between Denver and Seattle. Huge news. And I've said how many times on this show I would never be the general manager that traded away the greatest quarterback in Packers franchise history. I, I just, it wouldn't happen. I wouldn't be the Patriots from a couple of years ago watching my guy go win for somebody else. I would rather, let me see if I can get this right. I would rather keep him and never win again than trade him and watch him win somewhere else. Yeah, that's right. That that That's exactly what I mean. All, the, all this time I've been trying to articulate it. I would never trade him and watch him win somewhere else i would rather keep him and never win again period 18 years in this uniform he's the greatest quarterback in franchise history he has more touchdown passes than brett Favre, more seasons in the uniform than Favre or star um he has as many super bowls as far if he needs one more to get to bart star he has more mvps than either Favre or star in fact he's only one away from tying the all-time mark of five from Peyton Manning across the entire NFL. This guy is a top five quarterback of all time if, if he gets ring number two. Yeah, he may not even need that to be in the top five. Um, so what about Jordan Love? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, sure. In terms of what do you do with him, you keep him. I wouldn't trade him because I don't think the return is going to be that great. And here's why I say we keep Jordan Love. If if you can get a little bit of a feeler of what you might get back, like a third rounder, maybe I'll entertain it. But to me, I got to see the contract on Rodgers still. Okay, All we know is that it's going to be cap friendly, and that's what is most important to Green Bay at this point. They've got to get under that salary cap to try to improve this team, to make it good enough to win a Super Bowl. And a lot of that, come, a lot of that falls on the quarterback's playoff performance. Okay, Rodgers is, is a number one. I don't hear about the special teams. Enough. I'm so tired of hearing about special teams. You have to score more than 10 points in a home playoff game. Period. Now, the love thing, I'm keeping him because – I don't know what the contract looks like. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is returning for one year or if he says, hey, I'm in for the rest of my career. As long as I'm playing football and you guys want me here, then I want to be here. That changes things with Jordan Love potentially. But I'm looking at it as, man, let me keep this guy that I think has great potential and let's see what this contract looks like. Now, if if Rodgers says I'm committed to you to, for the next four years, then I would trade Love bags and I would try to bring in a veteran quarterback who, if Rodgers were to get injured, could really help me win football games. Hmm, interesting. You would try to bring back a quarterback as opposed to adding another weapon or getting a draft pick. No, no, no. I'm talking about not in the trade for love. I'm talking about going out and signing a guy who is a veteran okay. backup in the but league. But either way, what I'm getting at is you'd rather have somebody else as a quarterback 
than him if Rodgers goes down? I think so. I haven't seen anything from him, man. Now, look, if the front office tells me this guy's ready to play and he's going to be good, okay, I'll I'll buy into that. They see him at practice. I don't. Uh, the front office in Green Bay felt like they really had something good in Aaron Rodgers, and and it panned out. Um, but but we haven't seen anything from Jordan Love. The one game in Kansas City, yes, but that was unfair, man. It's a short week by the time he's going to prepare yeah. to be the starting quarterback when Rodgers has COVID. I'm not using that one game as the barometer of who Jordan Love is. Right, as you shouldn't. That's interesting, though. I, I think, wouldn't you want to have a potential Tom Brady situation there where it's like, maybe we discover something? I mean, you if you're if you're willing... If you're willing to keep him, like you said you are, then wouldn't you want him? I mean, that that's why you're willing to keep him, right? Is because there could be something there. And, and if the opportunity presents itself, then he could be your guy. Yes, but you also have to understand the timeline of the rookie contract, right? Like you're not going to re-sign him if he's no. going to be your starting quarter. So you're already going to be into year three. And you only get five of this guy and really only four. You have to make a decision on a fifth-year option as a first-round draft pick. So I'm already into year three. Uh, do I, this time next year, Bags, do I have any more clarity on what Jordan Love's future is in Green Bay? I'm not saying Green Bay owes him anything, but do you think to some degree they owe him something? No. If they if they gave him some sort of timetable that they have now decided to not meet, then do they owe him a chance to go play somewhere else or no? Yeah, look, I think, you know, you want to do what's best for both here. Give the kid a chance to go play somewhere. He's only 23. Right. Um, and and get something in return. That was the fear that everybody had with Rodgers was that he just, he just might walk. If you don't trade him, he might just walk. Well, they were able to negotiate something good with him here, and so he's going to stay. So you want to trade Jordan love to get something as opposed to declining his fifth year option and seeing him walk in free agency, a guy you moved up to get in the first round. Here's what I know. He's not learning anything under now. He might be learning by osmosis. He's around Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is not taking this guy under his wing and saying, Hey, let me show you the ropes kid. That, that's, that's just not happening. Yeah, no, I'm with you here. Here's another look at it here. Four MVPs, back-to-back -back now, defending, two-time defending MVP. He's that Super Bowl MVP from way too long ago. And this is a record at the bottom of your screen. That's a record. 16 straight playoff games without reaching a Super Bowl. That's, that's more than any other quarterback in NFL history to play 16 straight playoff games without reaching a Super Bowl. Let me point one thing out here, though, too. How about our guy, John Conlon, on graphics? Look oh, at the G yeah. in neighborhood. Crushed it. Our graphics guy is better than your graphics guy. That's There's just real no question. Um, yeah. Okay, so let me ask you this. Is, and I know we're, we're getting short on time here with this Rogers story, but if, if that number just goes up, that bottom number just goes up throughout the rest of his tenure with Green Bay. To some degree, do you feel like that would become his legacy? The fact that he didn't win another? Yeah, like he won one and then, like the narrative of his career, he won one and then got to a bunch of playoff games that could never win another one. If that record number just keeps going up every year, because they're going to be in the playoffs every year. If he yep. doesn't get another one, then that number becomes whatever it is, 21, 22, whatever. Is that part of then the narrative of yes. his career as a top yes. one? Yeah. Interesting. Do we talk about Dan Marino not being able to win a Super Bowl? 
yeah, but that's but that's not getting one. I think I think the one there gets him off the hook for the rest of it. It's not in the first sentence of his career Wikipedia, but it's it's in there somewhere. Yeah. You know, played in more playoff games without reaching a Super Bowl than any other quarterback in history, like a consecutive stretch anyway, you know? Yeah. After winning one, though. Okay, fine. Yeah. Sam says, good morning, morning, Sam. How are you, brother? Jason says, now, how about this? We're going to get into what is on bag. This should be a segment. What's on bags is bookshelf. Uh, good morning, Jay. Good to see you, man. Fancy backdrops. I'm just, they've done a little bit of work here to the room where I am, but uh, nothing you're super like fancy about it. You look like you're on the moon. You brought the banner up to the moon, the moon base or something today. I would, I would go to the moon for sure. Yeah, yeah I, there, frankly. I would definitely go to the moon. Uh, what's Nick saying here? I feel like if love was someone they thought highly of, they may not have kept Rogers. Yeah, I look, I think if they thought, you know what, Jordan Love is going to be a star, we don't necessarily need the drama that comes along with having Aaron Rodgers on our team without the results, right? Well, if back if, MVP, though, so like you could, I think you could look at this guy highly and say, yeah, but. It's still our best chance to win. He's still better. Now, I think you look at the MVPs and you say, yeah, but where has it gotten us? Rodgers is not the reason. Those That 16 number at the bottom, it may become a part of his career narrative. He is not the reason why that number is so high. I like that you said that because I agree. I agree. The, the defense has been bad in, in NFC championship games. But again, 10 points in a home playoff game, man. You just cannot cannot do it all right let's spend a little bit of time here on russell wilson before we take a break uh and jump into the baseball news of the week russell wilson to the broncos here's the deal he's got two years left on his contract bags i have to imagine there's going to be an extension done now this is a deal that can't be made official until the new league year which is march 18th but he will go to denver eventually he's a super bowl champ been a while since he's won one yeah. Nine-time pro bowler. He's 33 years old. We can discuss whether he's on, you know, in the prime or on the back end of his career on the downside. But how about this? Only one losing season for Russell Wilson. For all the people out there who say wins and losses are not quarterback stats, fine. But we do talk about whether or not a guy's a winning quarterback. This is a winning quarterback. Yeah, he is. I think for Denver, they look at this as we've kind of toiled in mediocrity for long enough. Let's go out and try to get a major, major star at the most important position in the sport. So I get it. You go for it. My immediate reaction was, wow, good for them. They're going for it. And my secondary reaction was, wow, they gave up an awful lot to get a guy who's, who's 33. Um, But I do think he's got a lot of legs left. Like I said, at the top of the show, he's got a lot of good career left in him. And if, they do, you know, similar to what the Rams just did, right? And, and bring in your guy at quarterback and give him enough weapons. You just go for it. And that's what we want in sports. We want our teams to go for it. This is a go for it move for Denver. So good for them. It's an insane division now when you look at the quarterbacks there and, and how difficult it is still going to be for them to get through that and get to the postseason and be where they want to be. But it would have been a lot harder without having a guy like Russell Wilson at the helm. So I like going for it. I think I do too. I love when teams are aggressive. Hey, it may be a small window of three or four years before he's in his late thirties and we have a chance, but let's try, let's try to win. I love when teams try to win. 
Um, how about Wilson, though? If you're Russell Wilson, you're, you'll leave a division, okay, that was stacked in the NFC West. You now have the defending Super Bowl champs in the L.A. Rams, uh, a 49ers team that, that, in spite of the quarterback play, reaches the playoffs and and gets to an NFC championship game, really. Garoppolo, an average guy. Um, yeah. And and what we most of us would agree is an up-and-comer in Kyler Murray yeah. in Arizona. So, uh, so a stacked division in the NFC West. Now he goes to the AFC West, and you just detailed it there with the three quarterbacks out there, Mahomes and Herbert and Carr. And, and really three teams in that division should have made the playoffs last year, if not for a stupid timeout by the Chargers there. Um, they should have sent three teams to the postseason. So you go from a, a really difficult division in the NFC West where the Seahawks finished fourth to a difficult division in the AFC West. Is this team bags any better now than fourth in that division? Boy, are you putting them ahead of the Chargers or the Raiders? You're not putting them ahead of the Chiefs. So you're putting them ahead of the Chargers or the Raiders? I think I think I might put them ahead of the Raiders now. I'm not quite ready to put them ahead of the chargers yeah and you're right they're definitely not ahead of the chiefs but they're gonna be if they're healthy and look they they may not be done here right so we'll see what else they can try to add there's plenty of off season left but i think they will be competing for especially now with the extra playoff spot one of those wild card positions they'll be they'll be in the hunt late which is all you can ask for and then if you get there you've got russell wilson in the playoffs you take your shot all right, Zach by in less than 10 minutes now from Denver on this trade. Wilson to the Broncos when we come back here on Honorado and Bagnardi, though. More news from Major League Baseball, and surprise, surprise, it isn't good news. Happiness is found in simple things. The sun on your face. Sharing laughs. At the campground. Getting wet. Relaxing together. The love of family. There's never been a better time to go outside and play. Alpenhouse Pool Spa Boat and RV. Bringing families together and creating memories since 1964. At Marcella's Appliance Center, our commitment is to you. Providing essential appliances that families depend on for cooking, refrigeration, cleaning, and sanitation, plus appliance repair. You can have peace of mind that Marcella's is here for you today and every day, like we have been since 1957, helping you make the right choice with trusted brands like Whirlpool, Maytag, KitchenAid, Gen Air, and many more. Shop Marcella's Appliance Center in-store, online, or by phone. We're here for you. And now, back to Honorado and Bagnardi. Brought to you by Alpenhouse. All right, uh, thanks to all of our sponsors here on Honorado and Bagnardi. Of course, Alpenhouse, Novice, Popeyes. We've got the Louisiana Fast Minute coming up here. Uh, our people at Pick 6 Vodka. We are part of them. We are partnering up with them for our bracket challenge here, Bags. Well yeah, I'm trying here, man. But today was a struggle. I'll, I won't lie to you, man. Sometimes Thursdays get to me. Uh, if you're watching us on my four on Saturday night, just scan that QR code on your TV screen to sign up or go to the Honorado and Bagnardi Facebook page where we have the link set up for you. And if you're an Instagram user, go to my profile and my bio. And I've got the link there on my Instagram page to sign up for the Honorado and Bagnardi Bracket Challenge. Courtesy of Pick 6 Handmade Vodka, it's free to play, 
and the winner gets some show swag, some pick six vodka swag. Shout out to Integrative Sleep Center as well and Marcella's Appliance Center for being part of this show each and every week. All right, Bags, the news out of baseball is, and again, no more naivete out of me. No more, okay? I'm done. I have thought for two straight weeks now that a deal would get done. They were in the red zone. They were inside the 10-yard line. They were on the goal line. Something was going to get done between the owners and the players. Last week, it didn't happen. I thought more progress this week. It's going to happen. They extend the deadline again. We're not wasting our time anymore, guys. Let's go. And then the owners try to sneak something in the back door, and that is the international draft. And the players are like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. We had already figured everything out on the financial side of things for the most part, competitive tax balance, minimum player salary. And now you guys want to pull this? And oh, by the way, we're talking pitch clock and bigger bases. And it just, it got so convoluted towards the end that the Players Association, I don't blame them. We're like, forget it. Well, we're not going to let you like in politics where they just put a bunch of garbage into a bill because they want to get something larger passed. No, no, no. That's not how this is going to work. I don't blame the players now. First of all, all of your football metaphors for a baseball story are stupid. They were rounding third, heading for home. That's where you go, not the goal line and all that crap. Um, I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. This is very, very discouraging because this was the time. And I said it last week. I thought they were going to get something done. And then it looked really good. For a short period of time there, I thought, boy, we're going to get something done early in the week here, and we'll have a start date, and we'll only have missed really just a couple, what, the two series there at the start of the year. Now, of course, more games have been canceled. Another deadline is missed. And more importantly, it's like, why should I be optimistic that it's going to get done now? Why should I feel good about you know the next deadline that will come up? I, I don't. I don't know where this is going. I'm starting to get worried there won't be any baseball. And a part of me is like bitter about this, starting to feel like I hope there isn't any baseball. Yep. You've already kind of ruined it. Yep. I I'm, I get that way too, where I get, um, I don't, I, not outwardly, like I don't often share it, but there is something in me that, that you just struck the chord where now I'm like, you know what? Forget you. Like, I don't, I don't need you. This is like a, like a scorned relationship now, right? Like we, we continue to be the ones in this relationship, the fans who are taken for granted, right? Like maybe when you come home next time, I won't be here. I need some me time. I'm going to take the summer for myself this year. Like I'm, I'm currently my, the baseball situation. I'm packing my bags, not quickly, but I'm I'm gonna have some things packed away that I can I can leave this relationship and send somebody for the rest of my stuff later. That's where I am right now with baseball, the way this is being handled. And again, I'm I'm pointing the finger mostly at the owners with what they tried to sneak in here at the last minute. But but it's both sides. You took way too long to get to the bargaining table this off season. It's on both of you now, the players and the owners. And and I'm yeah. I'm with you, Shawnee. You know what? I kind of just think I want to watch you start the fire and you just stand around, watch the whole thing burn, yeah. watch the whole sport just completely fall apart because they are too short sighted and, and, and too overconfident that we will just continue to watch, continue to pay ticket prices, continue to buy jerseys. A sport that, Oh, by the way, we've talked about already has enough issues on the field. 
it, where it's like you're already on thin ice with me with games that take too long and a game that has just changed so much from what it was when you and I were kids and fell in love with the sport. So already on thin ice and now you're playing these games. Yeah. I hope you kind of fall through and get the, that cold bath you deserve. <laughs> uh, Jay says, yeah, so glad we wasted six weeks in the off season with no discussions. Right. Yeah, no doubt. And Sam agrees with you with the way things are going. It's already kind of burning down. Not really happy about it. Uh, Amy is watching. Amy, I hope you're still with us. We've got Zach by coming up here momentarily from Denver to talk about the deal that was made by the Denver Broncos this week to bring in Russell Wilson. Obviously a huge, huge deal. When we come back on Honorado and Bagnardi, our guy, Zach by Shawnee from 104.3 The Fan in Denver. Hang on, everybody. If you're overweight, if you snore, don't wait for your next physical to find out you have sleep apnea. It could cost you your job. Call Dr. Frederick Dreher at the Integrative Sleep Center for a game-changing alternative in sleep apnea treatment and get a good night's rest. Teams. Athletes. Organizations. We're transforming the custom apparel industry through products and purpose. Claim your crown. Wondering what to do now that your Philips CPAP was recalled? Dr. Frederick Dreyer has a safe and effective alternative treatment for sleep apnea. Just pop it in and get a good night's rest. Keep your quality of life. Call the Integrative Sleep Center today. We work with all insurances. And now, back to Honorado and Bagnardi. Brought to you by Alpenhouse. Back on Honorado and Bagnardi, a ton of quarterback movement. I don't remember a, a day like Tuesday in the NFL offseason. Um, and now you get, obviously, the Carson Wentz news on top of that. Man, the landscape continues to shift. And there are other guys who will make big moves here before the season begins. But um, people in Denver are fired up, Bags. Yeah, and as they should be. I mean, look, when somebody of Russell Wilson's caliber is on the move, this is kind of like basketball for me. When you get the big stars moving, you'll get a big star or two to go at the deadline. It's that kind of excitement, which you don't usually get for football, where you get a number of them going. And for them to be quarterbacks like this, I mean, yeah, this is awesome, man. So when this trade happens, the first thing I do is search Twitter for Zach by. And then I think to myself, man, I haven't texted Zach in a while, but I'm still going to be that person that says, hey, we haven't talked in a little bit. Can you come on the show? Because you got big news in Denver. And you know, Zach, he's always like, yes, I will do it 100%. And our guy, Zach by 104.3, the fan in Denver is with us now. You see the St. Rose sweatshirt, maybe done on purpose. And, uh, and a Scotia guy through and through Zach brother it's it's good to see you before we get into anything here I got a clip I want to play we'll react to it afterwards okay here we go the news of the day is so real we thought it was Aaron Rodgers not coming it's Russell Wilson to the Denver Broncos we now know a little bit more about the deal and who's involved with the deal and we'll take a dive into it coming up next yes 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 Yes! Yes! 
All right, Zach, that was your reaction. I, I just take it moments after the deal was, was announced. What is going through you? You know, what was going through me the most, Chris? And and first of all, you, you and Bags, thanks for having me on. Um, really appreciate it. Always uh, nice to touch base uh, with the 518. Um, what was going through me was uh, five seasons of bad football that I've had to talk about uh, week in and week out uh, here at uh, Denver Sports Station, 104 through the fan, we cover primarily Broncos. So it doesn't matter what time of year it is, we're gonna talk Broncos. And uh, the Broncos have been, in the most literal sense, the worst post-Super Bowl team of all time. They they won the Super Bowl 50 in 2015 against the Panthers. Uh, they, they have not been back to the playoffs since. That has never happened in NFL history. Uh, only the New York Jets have a longer playoff drought uh, than the Denver Broncos. Um, and in addition to that context, uh, the Broncos, when I first moved here in 2017, had not had back-to-back -back losing seasons since 1972. Richard Nixon was the president. This I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. We, we had like three winning seasons over a 20-year period since Jim Kelly retired. So for Broncos country, what they've been going through, uh, literally the worst stretch of NFL football in their organizational history, um, they had never gone through anything like that. And for me, uh, as someone who's got a responsibility to myself first and then to our listeners of just being real and just being authentic about what we're seeing, um, I'm not good at waving pom-poms. So when you pump out 5 and 11, 6 and 10, 7 and 9, 5 and 11, 7 and 10, we're going to tell the truth. And throughout that half a decade, um, the Broncos have had good rosters. They just haven't had the quarterback. No team in the National Football League has started more quarterbacks since the start of the 2016 season, since Denver. This is a fan base, and sometimes people get upset at me because I've said Broncos country has lived a charmed existence where you went from you know, John Elway, one of the five or seven greatest quarterbacks ever, even when you didn't have Elway, you were going to the AFC Championship game with Jake Plummer. Yep. You were winning playoff games with Tim Tebow. Then Peyton Manning shows up and is the MVP of the league. It's the most successful offense of all time. But he retires after the Super Bowl 50 win. And since then, it's just been a disaster. And just so happens, that's when I showed up. And <laughs> so I haven't been, uh, I haven't talked about a Broncos winner. So to go back to your question, what you're seeing is me realizing that at the end of this journey through the desert, any taste of water would be good, but it's like you got handed a chilled Fiji water. Like here's, here's Russell Wilson, Hall of Famer, still in his prime. So you see the emotion of me day after day. Like I don't know how many shows I've done well over a thousand here. And a lot of them have been uh, talking about a bad football team and it felt like the end was in sight. So you're seeing the culmination of emotion there. So where does this put them? You say you want to be real here. So be real with us in terms of the expectations now for Denver. This puts them where for you? A playoff team, better than a playoff team. What's now a realistic expectation? Bags, I, I, I have them as the floor of playoff team. Uh, uh, a 10 and 7 feels like the floor. 9 and 8 would feel very disappointing. Um, so I have them uh, as a, a 10 and 7 team, more likely uh, an 11 and 6 type of team. I have them in the playoffs. Um, their division that they play in, guys, if you take a second and think about it, it might be the greatest quarterback division in the history of NFL football. 
where you have two guaranteed Hall of Famers right in their prime at the same time in, in Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson. You have Justin Herbert, who arguably had, and I still wait to hear an argument, the greatest rookie season in the history of the position two years ago. The guy's thrown 69 touchdowns in the last two seasons, has Herbert. And then you have Derek Carr, who rolls out of bed and throws for 4,000 yards in his 3-to-1 touchdown to interception ratio. I saw someone tweet that Derek Carr is the best worst quarterback in his division in NFL history. He dragged that Raiders team into the playoffs this year uh, as the wheels are falling off. I don't know how he did it. So um, bags, I I think they're playoffs. I think they're 10 and seven, 11 and six. I think they have the second best quarterback in the division. Um, And and Mahomes is nine and oh against the Broncos. The Broncos have not beat Kansas city in a half a decade. I think you can now go in with your head held high in arrowhead with the lion being uh, with, with the Vegas lion being about two and a half with a great chance to win. All right. I got a few things here that you have said that I want to react to and, and follow up on, but you mentioned Vegas. Have you already placed a bet on Denver to win the Super Bowl? No, I have not. And I should have done it the day before the Rogers decision, because that's when it really could have like, it's so funny. Like the Broncos had the same Super Bowl odds as the Bengals who were just in the Super Bowl. And we didn't know who the quarterback was going to be. It was like the ultimate Vegas hedge uh, for Denver. So I didn't put it in. I should have. um, And and I I definitely will uh, just at lesser of a value. But but I will say this, and I caution Broncos country. It's hard to just plug and play, add water and stir in the NFL and go win a Super Bowl. Like the Brady Bucks thing, that's an anomaly. Um, It's typically some sort of build to that point. And you could say the Broncos have been building just without Russell. But I think it's going to take some time. So it wouldn't shock me if they're not like, playing on championship weekend but it would shock me if they're not playing on wild card weekend okay bags bear with me here i got a few that zach has said in the last few minutes i want to react to you said wilson is the second best quarterback in this division he's better than justin herbert i think so i I mean we've never seen justin herbert um win a playoff game russell wilson has been to two super bowls russell wilson's a nine-time pro bowler russell wilson has led the league in passer rating and touchdown passes in two separate seasons Russell Wilson, I think, is a Hall of Famer right now. I don't think he needs to play another down of football. Um, and he's still in his prime. I think he's uh, 33 years old right now. So, yeah, uh, I, I think we're all optimistic about uh, Justin Herbert. And I think the kid's incredible. Um, but I, I'll turn the question back on you guys. If you're hanging off of a cliff and you're about to lose your life, and the only way that you're going to survive is you have to win a, a football game, who would you want starting for you tonight? Justin Herbert or Russell Wilson. If my life's on the line, I'm going Russell Wilson right now 10 times out of 10. All right. And then you said it twice now that he's still in his prime. It it would appear, based on what we've seen the last couple of years in Seattle, while there aren't a ton of turnovers and interceptions, that he's not the same guy now approaching his mid-30s. He'll be 34 in November. You're right. He's 33. Okay. Is he still in his prime? So, and and I'm trying to pull it up here. Um, Yeah. Uh, I think he is. Um, I don't think the situation in Seattle was great from an offensive line standpoint, from a running game standpoint. Those boxes are mostly checked here in Denver. But this is his final seven games in 2021. All right. Not 2019, not 2018. This is the games since he came back from the injured finger. Okay. 65% completion, 15 touchdowns, three interceptions for an offense that averaged nearly 29 points a game. So, yes, I do believe he's still in his prime, uh, 100%. And I think that the context and situation in Denver should only elongate that prime. 
The Broncos have a, a solid offensive line. They have one of the bright young running backs in the NFL in Javante Williams, who they took in the second round out of North Carolina, who wouldn't shock me at all if he's a top five rusher this year. They have the skill position players, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, K.J. Hamler. They have a really nice tight end behind Noah Fant named Murdoku Webunam, who looks like a basketball player on a football field that I think is going to really thrive. And for you fantasy football players out there, that name Albert Okuwebunam, right now in the landscape of the whole NFL, he's like a penny stock. Buy that thing uh, because he's tremendous. So I think for all those reasons, the Broncos offense is actually more set up for success. No disrespect to DK Metcalf and some of the weapons they have there, but an underwhelming running game, an underwhelming offensive line. I think that uh, Wilson, in time, once the maturation process is underway, um, is going to have a lot of success for years to come here. So obviously you don't have them at the top of the mountain then in what you just talked about. So my question for you is, did they give up too much? You know, you see it on your screen there, three players, five draft picks. Is it a little too much for one move that doesn't put you all the way over the top to where you now feel like you're a Super Bowl contender? And of course, nothing is saying that they're done, but if they're not there yet, does any part of you say, boy, we did give up a lot to bring this guy in? Yeah, it, it was always going to uh, take a lot, bags, and and you're getting a you know, and this is this is why I asked the question a month ago when people were saying Rodgers should be Plan A. I said, is Russell Wilson a Hall of Famer? The answer is yes. Is Russell still in his prime? I think the answer is yes. Well, there is no there is no too much. This is a position that the Broncos had been destitute at uh, for six seasons. Like I mentioned before, eleven quarterbacks, most in the NFL, have started for the Broncos since the start of 2016. So. No, I don't think the cost is too high. And here, here's the other thing. I, I pull up the Broncos draft history. Which number, which, which first round pick over the last six seasons would you not deal for a quarterback like Russell Wilson? Jerry Judy, sorry. Uh, Bradley Chubb, sorry. And other guys who never even saw a second contract. So um, Russell Wilson is a known. He's the def definition of a known. We've been watching him for a decade. And I think we get caught in the draft picks. Now, I'm not, not trying to minimize draft picks because they're the lifeblood of your franchise. But the Broncos roster is pretty good. Right now, it's pretty good. It got voted by the NFL executives last week as the best in 2021, where six, six rookies were on the field instantly in George Payton's first draft. So the Broncos don't need as many draft picks as they have because they've actually hit on some. In addition to that, the Broncos are about to become a free agent destination. So you don't need draft picks when you when you're a destination like Denver with the cap cap to spend. They have top their top five in cap space. So I think those picks become less important. Um, and and any one of those guys that they gave up, Shelby Harris, Drew Locke, uh, Noah Fant, Noah probably hurts the most. But still, this is this is a quarterback in in a, in a quarterback age and a Hall of Famer uh, at that. So honestly, I'm shocked it didn't take a third first round pick when that deal came out i just assumed that russell wilson was going to be required three number ones that and the other the fact that they did it for two plus a second round pick which they had an extra in their holster from the von miller trade so you didn't like they had uh five picks in the top 100 you don't you know what i mean your roster is already pretty good get the quarterback let's plug and play let's go yeah what's scary is like rogers five years older would have taken it would have cost more it would have cost denver more to get him i mean everything out of green bay was we don't want to trade him we don't want to trade him and everybody around green bay was saying ah the asking price is going to be too much to even go after it uh and, here and, a couple and, 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 and Chris, let me just say this think about the window for rogers what's your window two maybe four three. years yeah my son's three years old 
I should be able to bring him to a Broncos game when he's seven and eight years old and be watching Russell Wilson when that was not the case. Their ages aren't close. Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers wouldn't have gone to high school together. That's the difference between them and age. So I think even if Rodgers is like, say, Madden rating style, he's a 99 and Russell's a 91, I still think that four or five extra years of longevity is, is makes it all worth it. So here's your tweet from yesterday. Okay, as the kids say, we got receipts. You said, serious question. What if Aaron Rodgers actually wanted to come to the Broncos, but George Payton, the GM, said, nah, we got a better option. Is this a better option? Or I understand you're playing to the crowd here a little bit, but are are you saying that this ultimately is the best option of the two for Denver? Yeah, and this isn't a new take. I came on the air last week and asked Stokely those two questions. Um, is he a Hall of Famer? And is he in his prime? And if those two things are true, why wouldn't you take, even if it's a small degree less, the player who's going to play seven years? I always thought this should be the plan A. Um, and we were having that conversation because one of our insiders said, hey, here's plan A, Rogers. Here's plan B, Wilson. Here's plan C, Jimmy G. And I said, well, hold on a second. If Russell was available, why wouldn't Russell be plan A? And I think this is a real working theory that Rogers took too long in his decision the Broncos were catching traction with Russell Wilson and they just decided to go in that direction. And mm -hmm. even if Rogers said Sunday morning, yet Monday morning, I want to become a member of the Denver Broncos, get the stiff arm because we, Adam Schefter came on our show yesterday and said, this deal was being worked for two weeks. Mm -hmm. Okay. If that's true and Schefter's pretty good at his job, <laughs> why would Ian Rappaport report on Saturday from the combine that it's, so close, and Rodgers is torn between the Broncos and the Packers. Guys, I, I think that this deal was being worked behind the scenes, and Rodgers didn't know. I think the Broncos Ooh. were in both quarterbacks at the same time. Rappaport has been in the pocket of Rodgers' camp this entire no. period. No. He is, I don't know if it's Rodgers, agent, whatever, but for him to go out and report that from the combine, that the it's the Broncos at the forefront, and there's the Broncos at the Packers, but Schefter's telling us this deal was done for two weeks in principle. We said, was the deal done when Rodgers made the announcement? He said it was already done in principle and it's already been working on for two weeks. So I think it's very reasonable that George Payton was trying to court two different prom queens and whoever they ended up with, they ended up with. And I think it's reasonable to think that Rodgers just waited too long. And even if he expressed interest, they were already further down the road with Russell. It's kind of like Zach at the bar, you know, Flirt with this girl here, that girl there, kind of see where right. things go. Right, that makes sense. So options in life. Cast a wide net, man. That's right. So Zach, what do they need next? What's one area, one gap you think they've got to fill this one next to really help take that next step? Uh, I think edge rusher uh, sticks out uh, immediately. Uh, they're 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 good on the back end. Uh, what a draft pick in Pat Sertan uh, last year. He looks like he's going to be an All Pro for a decade. Uh, he was their best secondary member uh, out of the gate. Uh, they probably need to address inside linebacker too. But when when it comes to most impactful NFL positions, edge rusher is not too far after quarterback. Uh, and they just don't have one. They traded Vaughn during the season for a two and a three. They have Bradley Chubb, but his career just has not panned out the way that we thought when they picked him fifth overall in 2018. He came in the league and was 12 sacks. He was awesome. That was his best season. He's been uh, injured, and when he's been out there, just hasn't been the best version of himself. Um, and there's really no one else worth mentioning uh, that your listeners would even know on the Broncos roster right now. So they need to they need to draft defense. They need to draft front seven. 
Uh, they just got rid of one of their front seven players in Shelby Harris in this deal. Um, so they need to get an edge rusher either in the draft or free agency. And that might even mean bringing Von Miller back to Denver, which seemed like an absurd possibility. But I think it's squarely on the table. Table And uh, Von has put a lot of overt stuff on social media yeah. uh, that this is kind of where he wants to be. Um, and he did that on Monday. And we said, man, he knows something. Why would he want to go back to Denver? He knows something. And I thought it was Rodgers. And I put it out there on Twitter, like, why does Von Miller want to join the Browns? Does he know something we don't know? And I think it was the right theory, just the wrong guy. Uh, he's the host of a show that just absolutely kills it in Denver. Um, and that bags, because Zach's used to the pressure cooker that is prime radio, we're going to put a little bit of heat on him here instead of the two of us where we usually do the Popeye's Louisiana Fast Minute. Instead, we're going to put Zach on the clock here. He's already mentioned the number of quarterbacks that have started games for the Broncos since Peyton Manning. 11 is the number. So Zach knows the number, and I understand how this guy prepares. He he reminds me of Catalan in Ottawa. Nobody prepares more than Zach by information that he'll never use. He still has it somewhere at his hip. And so let's see, can he name all 11 quarterbacks oh okay, that have started since Peyton Manning's final game in 2015 and Russell Wilson's week one start in 2022? Zach, you are on the Popeye's Louisiana Fast Minute Clock. How many can you name? Uh, uh, Trevor Simeon. Yep. Paxton Lynch. Yep. Brock Osweiler. Yep. Uh, Case Keenum. Mm-hmm. Joe Flacco. Drew Locke. Brandon Allen, Brett Rippon, um, uh, uh, Philip Lindsay for a game. Mm-mm, no. Uh, he technically started. Are you thinking of Kendall Hinton? The Kendall Hinton Yes. Game? Okay. Um, Lindsay took the first nap. Um, uh, <laughs> okay. Um, uh, did I say Flacco? Um, yes, I've got I got you down for ten. You have twenty seconds, and I think you're only missing one. Um. No, two, I think. Okay. Uh, shoot. Um, golly. Did he say Bridgewater? No. She no. said Bridgewater. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I'm stumped. I'm stumped. Give right, me a this hint. One was, this one was tough. Um, I Give believe – I believe What he, season? What season? I don't know what season. Okay, Are you okay, kidding I'm me? I, I believe he wore number six at least – He's a Florida quarterback. Played at Florida. Jeff Driscoll. Yes. Jeff okay. Driscoll. Man, that's a that's a lot of freaking quarterbacks, dudes. Like really that, is. that really is. Every time the Broncos play, they do some sort of graphic of a carousel, yeah. all these different guys. It's um it's gonna be uh great to to not see that. And man, I really think the Broncos are the most interesting team. I'm not saying they'd be the best, but from an interest standpoint, I think they just shot to the top of the list. I think Roger Goodell will max out their primetime games. Do you know that the Broncos had the longest streak in the NFL's history for appearing on Monday Night Football? Over 30 years, that streak was snapped this past year. The Broncos were not given one primetime game. It was only the obligatory Thursday night game. And then later they were flexed into a Sunday game. But the Broncos forever were just a ratings draw. And um, the NFL showed them how they felt about them this past year when they doled out the, 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 the primetime games. 
I think they'll be maxed out with five. I think they're going to be in the number one spot, whether it's on Thursday night football to kick off the season against the Rams or on Sunday or Monday night football that first weekend because you want eyeballs. Russell Wilson in a Broncos uniform, which is about to be a top seller in the NFL in about five minutes. Um, I think it's fascinating. It's one of the top shows across the country in its time slot. Stokely and Zach on 104.3 The Fan. You see him on Twitter there on your screen at Byzline. And uh, and a recent now, recent still, father of two beautiful, perfect children. Only the result of the woman he married, of course. <laughs> and that is Ashley. Zach, man, it's always so good to catch up with you, brother. Thank you for the time, man. Man, I was, I was thrilled when you reached out because I love checking in. Um, back home. I did wear my St. Rose uh, shirt today that Coach Perno sent me earlier this year. I told Mark Benson, I need some Albany uniform, all my uh, uniform, you, you Albany gear, all my stuff is five, six, seven years old. So um, all my, all my, uh, uh, you know, institutions and stuff uh, from back home, get a bunch of uh, rep and play out here. Um, so I'm glad I was able to check in with you guys and uh, hope you guys are doing great and glad to see the, the success of you, uh, you guys show here and I follow it from afar and, you know, continued success to you guys, man. Hey, man, this wasn't an opportunity for you to pedal for more free gear. Yes, it was. <laughs> it became <laughs> one. <laughs> well, we're going to send you some O&B t-shirts. Wear those on the air for you, yeah. would you? Yes, yes. You got it, man. You got right. it. Zach, be good, brother. All right. See you guys. Thank you. Happiness is found in simple things. The sun on your face. Sharing laughs at the campground, getting wet, relaxing together, the love of family. There's never been a better time to go outside and play. Alpenhouse Pool, Spa, Boat and RV, bringing families together and creating memories since 1964. At Marcello's Appliance Center, our commitment is to you, providing essential appliances that families depend on for cooking, refrigeration, cleaning, and sanitation, plus appliance repair. You can have peace of mind that Marcella's is here for you today and every day, like we have been since 1957, helping you make the right choice with trusted brands like Whirlpool, Maytag, KitchenAid, Genaire, and many more. Shop Marcella's Appliance Center in-store, online, or by phone. We're here for you. And now, back to Honorado and Bagnardi. Brought to you by Alpenhouse. All right, Bags, man. How good is it to catch up with Zach By when we're able to do that? Uh, he is absolutely one of the best. And Carol agrees, because I know she isn't talking about one of us. Cool guy, she says about Zach. She all did also ask earlier in the show, and let's get to this here, what Carson News. Carson Wentz traded from the Colts to the Washington who bags yesterday? The Commanders. The Commanders, exactly. And uh, and the Commanders have said, we will take all of that $24 million salary. No problem. He's our guy. So Carson Wentz will be the starting quarterback in Washington. Okay, yeah. Uh, look, what do you want me to say? Are you going to transition here? No, I got nothing to say about Carson Wentz. I mean, right. he is – let's move on from Carson Wentz. Okay, well, let's yeah. do that. You are going on the Popeye's Louisiana fast minute clock right now as we are deep into conference tournaments and college basketball, Shawnee. I am. I'm happy to be on the clock today talking about 
my grad school alma mater, the Syracuse Orange, and that guy, Mr. Jim Beheim. By now, everybody has seen the Buddy Beheim punch in the Florida State game. Yep. Um, how can anyone respect Jim Beheim? is my question for you today on the Fast Minute. Because, look, he, he is a guy who has already been such a clown for so many years with the media. We talked about this. He's so dug in on his stupid zone defense that's that just even when it's not supposed to be played – it, the matchups don't work. He still insists on playing it. We saw the Bayheim punch. And this is something that you would think Jim Bayheim after the game would say, I don't care if he's my kid. This is terrible. This is this is bad for us. He's now suspended for the game against Duke. It's our one of our best players. We need him out there. This is terrible. What does he do? He goes out there and defends his son. And it always inadvertent contact. Kudos to the reporter who called him out and said, Jim, we're all watching it. Now, this was totally, completely on purpose. What are you talking about? And the best Bayheim can do is say, well, we can just have a difference of opinion on that. Bull, come on, man. No respect for Jim Bayheim. Okay. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna play the spin doctor here. The suspension hadn't been handed down yet. If I'm Jim Bayheim, I might play that way too. No, you wouldn't. If I admit that I saw a punch and I think he punched him. That's a sure fire suspension. I'm still in enough of a gray area where I, if, if I, there's don't no gray it, area. Anybody who's going to look at that, there is no gray area. You're not going to pull a fast one on the NCAA by pretending like it didn't happen. It was so clear. I, and look, there was no initial con. A lot of times you'll see like an initial contact and then a re the retaliation gets caught which can be unfortunate. Now, who knows what's happening on the other end of the court? But in that particular instance, okay. Okay. you just have this, this gut punch, which is like, you're going to get caught. Even if you don't get caught in the game, which he didn't, and no foul was called, there are cameras everywhere. You can't do this. You have to know you're going to get caught. It's boneheaded. You need to win the, this tournament just to have any chance of getting into the NCAA tournament. And, of course, you would automatically if you did, yep. but – now, now you're going to go try to play against Duke without your best player because you're an idiot. And the Rockman says Duke is going hard today. And then coach has to has to take a stand against that. Son, not son. One of your best players, not you've got to take a stand as a coach and say that was a that was bad. All right, we got a few viewer comments to get to before the end of the show, but I'm jumping on the Popeyes Louisiana fast minute clock here, and my thought today is how becoming a backup quarterback is almost a guaranteed contract. All of a sudden, you're a bad quarterback as a starter. Mitchell Trubisky was exactly that in Chicago. But he goes to the Bills. He's the backup for one year. All of a sudden, the Giants are said to really want Mitchell Trubisky to come in and compete against Daniel Jones. Not only that, I hear Mitchell Trubisky's name thrown about for the starting quarterback job in Indianapolis a team that was one win away from the playoffs with Carson Wentz. What about Seattle? They need a quarterback. How about the Texans? They might need a quarterback if they trade Deshaun Watson. All of a sudden, you'll get these other pictures, too, of Teddy Bridgewater, a guy who went to New Orleans and was a backup, and then teams really wanted him. Jameis Winston went to New Orleans, was a backup. All of a sudden, he's a hot commodity. Mitchell Trubisky, who was a bad NFL quarterback in Chicago, all of a sudden, teams really want him. Go be a backup in this league, kids, and you will be guaranteed a really good contract even after only one year of sitting on the sidelines. It's crazy to me. Hmm. Interesting. What about Jordan Love? 
Yeah. It's he, interesting. Jordan loves the difference. Jordan loves he hasn't been a starter yet. Right. Yeah. Look, it's an important job. Rarely can you, rarely can it be the most important thing in your season. But when Carson Wentz went down, full steps in, right? It, it, it can, it, you having that guy can make the difference between winning it all or not. It's just that it almost never does. And if you end up going to your backup, no you. matter how yeah. good they are, you're done anyway. But like, how do you sit on the bench in Buffalo and all of a sudden people want you to be the starting quarterback in this league again? Ash's thoughts on the Syracuse situation, Devil's Advocate, how do you feel about the precedent set by suspension afterward for something not called on the court? I think he should have been suspended. Also needs to be reviewable so they can make the right call when it happens. Yes, there was no foul call in the moment. They couldn't review it. It would have been a flagrant two. He would have been ejected and then technically suspended for like the first half of today's game against Duke. Yeah, look, it's fine. They missed it, but that doesn't make it that it didn't happen. I'm okay with going in afterwards and saying, yeah, the guy, the guy punched him. We should suspend him. You know, um, Billy Blake wants to know what do you think is going to happen in Philadelphia? Ben Simmons is supposed to be on the, the Brooklyn bench. Yeah. In a return. Why is he not playing yet? I don't know. James Harden's going to have 40. That's what's going to happen, Billy. Um, yeah. Kyrie put up a 50 piece in the last game for the Nets. Um, Look, each team at least has two – there are two big stars, right? Durant I, – I expect a big game from Durant, and I expect a big game from Harden. And, look, Philly will probably win. But the Nets are now just starting to get – with Durant and Irving now playing together. With Durant back, the Nets are a much different team. Okay. Oh, Sam wants great. to know thoughts on Iona getting upset in the Mac tournament. Yeah, quarterfinals, the top seed Gales, coached by Rick Patino, out. Out. That opens the door for Siena now in the Mac tournament in Atlantic City. There's no doubt about that, Sam. I, okay. That one stunned me. When Ash told me, I woke up this morning, Ash told me, hey, Iona lost. I said, what are you kidding me? That can't be right. And so, yeah, perfect spot now for the Saints as we sit here on a Thursday that maybe as you watch on my four, they've already won the Mac tournament. Because that's a Saturday afternoon game in AC. Yeah. How about yeah. that? Wouldn't that be something? They're not going to win the Mac. We'll talk about my closet next week. Mostly, oh, mostly boy. DVDs. Cut away from it. Yeah, set up for next week right in front of that bookcase too. pull <laughs> something special off it. Thanks for watching Honorado and Bagnardi, everyone.